listening to Law and Gospel on this Friday, July the 14th in the year of our Lord, 2023. And on Fridays, we take a look at emails that we have received. This one is from Rex Rogers, and it's entitled, Christianity Shows Us the True Meaning of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Now, a way of remembering that is D-E-I, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Multiple American business giants are facing a backlash after offering a range of products backed by slick marketing campaigns promoting a radical agenda in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion. DEI is a kingpin of a dangerous and ungodly agenda. It has crept into every inch of our culture, thrusting gender identity and sexual orientation front and center everywhere, even in the workplace. No American institutions remain untouched. Uh, for example, you may have know someone who's been told to include their gender pronouns on their work email. An example would be Rex Rogers, he, his. So people know that that is a male. A uh, piece in Forbes illustrates the absurdity of this diversity, equity, inclusion world. Authored by a DEI coach, it recommends greeting work colleagues with high team instead of high guys to avoid offending anyone by using the masculine term guys. This is a real problem that we're having where even people who are born as males want to be females and vice versa. It's one of the countless examples of how DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion is taking over our culture. The list of do's and don'ts and verbal faux pas are enough to put anyone in a state of social anxiety, because you can lose your job if you are against DEI. The Christian faith, however, has embraced and practiced the true meaning of diversity, equity, and inclusion for some 2,000 years since the birth of the church recorded in the book of Acts. The DEI in Christianity is totally warped and different from the warped version that the world is pushing so hard to force upon us all. True DEI is not living in rebellion and opposition to God's moral code. It's living in the freedom that only Christ can give. Uh, let's listen to Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew 
nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's true inclusion. We know that we work with an incredible team of media professionals whose aim is to make God's love visible to their neighbors across the Middle East, where Christianity began. And we're doing that using satellite television, social media, online video streaming, and KFUO is at the center of most of this. This ministry, though, is only a small part of the worldwide church. But the church is a microcosm of the body of Christ, revealing the true God-ordained meaning of diversity, equity, and inclusion. This is especially important in the Middle East and North Africa, where people are battling for their God-given human rights. So, what's true diversity? Well, true diversity means that the Christian church is made up of many, many nations, ethnicities, cultures, and social backgrounds. Like the early church in the book of Acts, we speak many different languages and dialects. We are different, yet we are one in Christ Jesus. True equity. We believe every single person is created in the image of God and is therefore of equal value to anyone else. To be declared equal by the Creator is the ultimate leveler. That's true equity. In fact, as we looked at the book of Proverbs recently, it talked about what's the difference between the rich and the poor? Nothing, because both are made by God. So we've got diversity in the church. We have equity. How about inclusion? Well, anyone, regardless of ethnic, social, or religious background, is welcomed into the family of God. Every nation, tribe, people, and language. That's from Revelation 7, verse 9. When anyone recognizes their sin, that's repentance, and comes to Jesus in humility, he or she is immediately forgiven and accepted. They are included in God's family, the Holy Christian Church. And you don't have to wait till Judgment Day to be in heaven. No, you are in the kingdom of heaven at the very moment of your conversion. To be included by God as part of his family, that's the ultimate inclusivity. Our viewers often tell us that when they acknowledged Christ as Savior, 
they feel true and accepted for the first time in their lives because they know now they belong. So the church has been in the true DEI business for a long time, 20 centuries to be precise. It's the bedrock of what it means to be a follower of Christ, to do unto others as you would have them do to you, and to love your neighbor as yourself. These are not ideas dreamed up by some ideologically driven activists in the past few years. These are the foundational values of the Christian faith embedded in God's word, all 66 books that have been listened to and practiced by faithful believers for two millennia. We won't be programmed by woke DEI practitioners because they have twisted God's original plans for his creation. For example, many of them will say, well, yeah, I was born a female, but I really was meant to be a male. As Christians, though, we will follow the teachings of Jesus, who showed us how to live rightly, how to treat others with compassion and respect, and how to invite others into the most loving, diverse, equal, and inclusive body that has ever existed, namely the Holy Christian Church, which fits well into the next email by Oscar Amashinia. Fear not those who kill the body, but can't kill the soul. Persecution of those who believe in Christ is deepening all over the world, while deadly threats to Christians are increasing. Many of us are now afraid to be identified as Jesus people for fear of being killed. In Nigeria, Christian communities are constantly attacked, and many have been killed because they believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior. This has created fear in many people to the extent that the frontiers of the gospel at times appear to be retreating. Many who were killed never even knew it was coming. We need to be reminded that what we are experiencing today was foretold by Christ. Matthew 10, verse 28. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That's Matthew 10, verse 28. And who's the one who can destroy both soul and body? The devil himself. We saw that happen with Adam and Eve. They were told not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But listening to the devil, they came to the conclusion that God was tricking them. 
he was deceiving them that they would become like God if they only would not obey him. And so they didn't. And they soon realized that they weren't like God. They were like sinful human beings. And what is the result of unbelief? Death is a necessary result, whether for the sake of Christ or due to ailment, accident, or other causes. And understanding that Christians are now the endangered species in some countries will cause us to have sober reflection and ponder if this persecution is going to expand. Every Christian should bear in mind that to die for Christ is gain. Blessed are those who are persecuted, says the Beatitudes. Why is that a blessing? Because if you are persecuted for standing up for the truth, then your body may be killed, but your soul will not because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Now, fear of persecution and martyrdom has been weaponized by the enemy to stop the advancement of the gospel and to force us to compromise biblical standards. Shall we continue to fear because of the rage of the enemy? Or should we summon the courage and boldly declare our faith and preach the gospel no matter the strength, no matter the dangers? It's unfortunate that even many pastors no longer are preaching the word of God in its fullness. They talk a lot about the gospel, but they talk very little about your sins and how you need a savior and how Jesus is that savior. Many people don't believe that they are really as bad as the Bible says they are. So the fear of persecution and martyrdom has been weaponized by the enemy to stop the advancement of the gospel and to force us to compromise biblical standards. Shall we continue to fear because of the rage of the enemy? Or should we summon the courage to boldly declare our faith and preach law and gospel no matter the dangers? Now, how do you do that in a workplace that's told its employees that you should abide by people who want to be gay or change their various culture or change their sex or even want to have a doctor help them commit suicide? Yes, if you stand up against those things, people will persecute you because it is their faith that they think that they are protecting when it is actually the will of Satan they are protecting. The probability 
that we will either be persecuted or killed for the faith is sadly very high in many countries these days. If we simply learn to accept that, we will be willing to give our lives for the sake of the gospel even more freely. Now, listening to KFUO, you can hear many announcements and much news that will put people in danger for what they are saying. Because dying and suffering for the sake of Christ is really a victory of the spirit over the flesh. In fact, in Romans 7, we saw that Paul says, who's going to deliver me from this body of death? And he thanks Jesus Christ, who's going to save him from an eternal hell. Because Paul says, in my mind, inspired by the Holy Spirit, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I do not have the ability to carry it out. Now, does that mean that it's never carried out in the life of Paul? No, it is carried out. But that's because of the Holy Spirit who both inspires and motivates Paul to follow the will of God. The probability is that we will either be persecuted or killed for our faith. Dying and suffering, as I said, for the sake of Christ, is a victory of the Spirit over the flesh. We receive that new man when we came to faith in Jesus Christ. We received trust in the promises of Jesus Christ. Christ was victorious. Why? Because he alone of all human beings was obedient even to death, even when his flesh was persecuted. As Christ followers, we cannot do less because it is really a privilege to reciprocate to him what he did for us. The global war on Christians these days calls for sober reflection on our readiness to be martyred. This does not sound pleasant, but it is at times inevitable. That martyrdom doesn't mean that we will end up being killed for the faith, but we will be persecuted. I continue to get emails from members of congregations in various areas of the country whose congregations at times are stormed by unbelievers, making a lot of noise during the worship service, breaking windows, or tearing up the furniture. This is something we need to be prepared for and be ready to go through torture, even unto death. It's non-negotiable. Some Christians, out of ignorance, criticize those who are ready to be killed for the sake of Christ. They say such people are careless 
some of them were accused of being overzealous and fanatical. Now, there's no doubt that at times there may be Christians who do get, well, shall we say, overzealous in arguing against the will of God. But they are therefore told to listen carefully to God's word and to speak God's word instead of listening to other people. This happens a lot in the scriptures where Jesus is told that we need to speak God's word. Remember on the mount where Jesus appeared in great glory, God the Father said, this is my beloved son, listen to him. Now, where do we listen to Jesus? It's not just in the New Testament. It's in all 66 books. Jesus is found again and again. Many times he's referred to as the, the angel of the Lord, such as when Moses was on Mount Sinai and saw the tremendous burning bush. Jesus was in with and under that burning bush. And he referred to himself as Yahweh. That's the Hebrew word for God. And it's often translated into the English with the word Lord, all in capitals. That's Jesus talking to us. In fact, many a time as a pastor, I'll go to a hospital and someone is afraid or suffering from illness. What do I tell them to read? I tell them to read the Psalms because the Psalms are filled with promises from Jesus Christ to help in every situation. I've said it more than once. The best book to have is called Promises of the Bible. And it doesn't matter where you buy it, as long as it is filled with Bible passages that have promises. And the best of those books will categorize the promises. For example, if you lose your job, if you're having problems with the family, if you're worried about enough money to support your living, there are promises there that will comfort you because God never breaks his promises. So, we Christians, we speak of God's promises, and that's why we are persecuted, because the promises of God go against human flesh. That is the old Adam. In countless countries like Nigeria, Afghanistan, and North Korea, Christians are persecuted and killed at an alarming rate. Even countries where visible persecution of Christians is not recorded, Christians living there are presently experiencing intimidation on a daily basis. 
Remember John 15, verse 20. Jesus says, here's what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obey my teaching, they will obey yours also. That is really a comforting note from Jesus that as we stand up for the message of Christianity, just as Jesus was persecuted, we will be also. But the second part of the verse, people did obey the teaching of Jesus. They did come to faith. They set aside their immorality and repented of it. And therefore, when we share the message of Jesus Christ with others, they will listen to us also. That's John 15, verse 20. Whether we anticipate it or not, it is likely that there will be people killed simply because they are Christians. But if we are willing and are obedient to death, we will get the reward which Christ promises as found in Revelation 2.10. And that is as we endure to the very end. And we will endure to the very end because even though we may not have a proper mother or father, even though we may be in a country whose civil laws are inappropriate, God is still there. He is with us. He's taking care of us. And we really have nothing to fear. They may kill the body. They will not kill the soul. Join us again on Monday for Law and Gospel. I'm Tom Baker. Till then, God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.